Welcome to the Principal's Office Podcast, where we believe that the principal's job is the most interrupted job on the planet, and creating a clear and cohesive plan is the best way to improve your school. I'm your host, Dr. Tom Miller. I'm the founder of Leaders Building Leaders, and it's my goal each week to introduce you to new strategies and initiatives that are improving schools across the country. You're going to learn leadership principles that are going to help you accelerate your growth, build your teams, and execute on those goals so you can exceed those expectations of the communities that you aim to serve. If you want to learn more about what we do, you can go to our website at lbleaders.com. But for right now, enjoy this episode. Thanks for listening. All right. Welcome, everybody. I'm Tom Miller, Dr. Tom Miller. Really excited to spend the next five or six weeks with you all studying this really, really incredible book, The Five Languages of Appreciation in the Workplace. Um, And I can guarantee you, it's great to have the book. It's great to read the book. You don't have to have the book to learn from this study. I can guarantee you there's going to be enough great um, information and collaboration, collaboration Uh, and ideas and strategies being shared where just by listening and being present during these uh, sessions, whether you're here live or listening to the archives, uh, you're going to get great value. And really, you know, the most important step for anybody when you're learning new information is what can I apply? What can I apply, right? What can I change about my current practices? What can I teach my team? Or what can I teach someone close to me? So let us know if you're here with us live. Let us know where you're joining us from in the chat, or go ahead and drop a comment um, uh, in the archive. Uh, you know where you can. And uh, so we're really excited. You're going to be spending uh, some time with us over the next you know couple of weeks. So we'll let the the Zoom fill up here. But I'm going to just start with some with some simple facts. This is why I think you're here. Hey, Monica from Durham. Ms. Pearson from Rocky Mount and April from Missouri. All right, Pierce City, hopefully I got that right. That's from Missouri. Um, so like this book, you know, it just, it's filled with facts, filled with facts, filled with research, research facts. And so like, you know, never, ever, ever tell a story without making a point, right? And never make a, never try to make a point without telling a story. And this book tells lots of stories through uh, you know, facts and data and true um, experiences. So I'm also gonna share a lot of that. Um, I'm gonna do my best to never ever uh, uh, you know, hint to where that issue may have come from. So you do the same. <laughs> so be careful when you're talking in here, when you're sharing a story or sharing a circumstance or trying to get some feedback that you're just very conscious that everybody in your life, everybody in your school, in your organization is doing their best. Everybody's just doing their best, right? We are in a people, we are in a people-centered business. And people bring issues, people create issues, right? And so, you know, one thing that we have to remember as organizational leaders is that everybody in my organization is doing their best. However, it never, ever, ever um, gives somebody the permission (laughs) to be rude, 
or, um, or just inconsiderate of others, right? Or to bash somebody, okay? Uh, so anything we talk about, regardless of the story, does not condone or allow you know, behaviors that are gonna impact the culture of your organization. So remember everybody's doing their best, declare noble intent, and, um, right, and separate the, the person, the being from the behavior. That's a big part of being an effective leader, especially in today's um, you know, challenging cultural situations. You know, separate the being from, from the behavior. And remember that there's a person you know, behind that challenge or yelling or whatever they may be doing. Um, and we gotta root out that um, you know, behavior and really get to the point of whatever their complaint is, right? So, but some stats around unhappy organizations, right? The book just launches right into this. So, so just a little bit of a you know, format for this. I'll do some teaching, but raise your hand, chime in, drop you know, questions in the chat, um, right? Participate as much as you want. And, and so I'm gonna teach a little, ask some questions, um, and then we'll have some you know, Q&A response too as well at the end. But stats around happy organizations, right? It's not about, it's not about pay. It's not about you know, pay. Like employees say that they don't leave their jobs you know, because pay. 64% of people who lose their jobs, they say they do so because they feel unappreciated, right? So it, is, it has nothing to do with their, their, their salary, right? So what makes one person feel more appreciated than another? It's, it's feeling appreciated in my style, right? It's that we all have different personalities and desires and learning styles. And, and everyone, I believe everyone wants to know that what they do matters, right? Everyone wants to know what they do matters, but without feeling valued, workers you know, begin to just feel like a machine, right? They're just, they're just cogs in the wheel. They're just, you know, they're just here, you know? So some signs of when people don't feel appreciated, you know, they, so they may just tell you, I don't get any recognition from my contribution, right? Or, or maybe they're constantly trying to change jobs, right? Or like, you know, they're, 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 they're seeking something when they say, uh, you know, messages like that. Um, you know, maybe there's more than usual complaints and grumblings around the workplace or, you know, employees, you know, are tardy or they're, or they're out, you know, more often, right? They're, they're, at, they're at taking more uh, PTO. They're, they're, they're um, you, know, you know, maybe they're feeling a lack of connectedness or teamwork to everybody um, or they're just not even connected at all to the mission, the vision, and the goals. And, you know, or they've, they're constantly applying, you know, for other roles. And so what I just, you know, what I just noticed is this, is this constant effort to, to create better cultures through luncheons and genes days and, and initiatives that are more, um, you know, focused on what will learn one language, one of the five languages. They're just not simply working, right? Because they're only needing a small percentage of the, of the appreciation language that the majority of our people live by and we'll learn a lot about this we're gonna learn about the lens principle and 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 you know really talk about that so so there's some you know there's some questions and so for every i don't know if your book looks like my book but 
there's these you know sections and it's called making it personal and and so what i'm going to do is i'm actually going to share with you all my notes um that i take and 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 you know so you have access to all the questions so you don't have to type them out yourself um but so on page uh of my book here um the end of chapter one there's you know there's some questions and so I want you to think about what do you want to most get out of this next 45 to 50 minutes, right? What's, what's something? And maybe it comes from one of these questions. When you want to communicate appreciation to your colleagues, how do you typically do so, right? So that's a self-reflection question. How do I typically show appreciation, right? And how effective do you believe your actions are? So I thought about it. Right now, I'm, I'm in a school. I'm the interim head of a school. And I thought about this, you know, as I was you know, get around and say, how did I show appreciation today? Well, I, I did some things for some people. I, I let a couple people know, hey, I really appreciate you. I, as they were walking down the hallways, I tried to stop them. I, I tried to listen to when, you know, so it's really important to go through your day and just, this is just a good end of the day reflection question. Like how, how am I demonstrating appreciation for other people? And then <laughs> number two is, how well do you believe your coworkers know how to express the appreciation to you, right? And like, how's it working, right? So I got to think of two ways. Like, one, how am I appreciating other people and is it effective for them? How do I know? And two, do people know my language? Do people know and understand my language of, of appreciation, right? Now, if you've taken the love languages book, you know, you know, he, maybe he says in his book later that your love language in your personal life does not, probably does not align to your appreciation uh, language in the workplace. So be very conscious of that. Right? Now, acts of service is, is my highest. I love when other people just get stuff done. Just get it done, right, Courtney? I'm all about it. just, just get it done, right? I don't care how the sausage is made. I just want that hung up, right? I want this over with. I want this checked off the box. Question number three was, when you feel discouraged at work, what actions by others can encourage you? And so this is, you know, this is a really important piece because when I thought about this, I'm like, you know, I'm not the most empathetic person. I don't know if I'm really good at this, you know? Now other people will tell me that I, I am, and I sometimes have to ask, well, what did I do specifically? Because I'm not always sure, right? But when you feel discouraged at work, what actions by others can encourage you? Because you need to let them know Right. And, you know, I know I just get discouraged by things not being done <laughs> or folks not, you know, you know, maybe putting in the effort that I believe they should again. But that's that's Tom Miller problem. That's not that's not someone else's problem. And the last two on a scale of one to ten, how appreciated do you currently feel by your immediate supervisor? Now, be careful because they might be in this Zoom call here. And on a scale of one to ten, how appreciated do you feel by your coworkers? Just. And I just love these, these are good reflection questions. So if you're a, don't type these responses out, you know, journal these out, you know, write these, these out, but you could just end every day with a couple of these, right? And create, create yourself a benchmark. So, and we'll go through the other, you know, chapter two uh, questions later, but so recognition requires, right, that you can, that you you implement certain behaviors so i love this rule when i was a 
my first job as a charter school uh, teacher and principal was at a school called Charter Day School in uh, Leland, North Carolina. It has a different name now. I can't, I think they're called like, you know, classical school of Leland or something. But the uh, founder had this, um, he had this great, uh, uh, you know, message, just, you know, a mantra. It was the three M's, right? It was, it was, it was, you know, mastery or uh, manage, motivate, mastery. And so, you know, you know, the, the rule was, is that, you know, if you weren't getting the third M, right, if the third M mastery wasn't showing is because you weren't paying enough attention to the first two, right? And it was a four to one ratio was a, was a requirement. You had to give four praise statements to one correction, no matter what, that, that was our rule. So that was our rule, student or uh, teacher to student, and administrator to uh, you know teacher. Now everybody, you've done some teacher observations. Sometimes it's a little hard to find a four to one ratio, right? <laughs> but it put me in this in this model of of constantly looking for you know the good, right? So recognition requires that you implement certain behaviors, and it has to be defined, desired behaviors. R write that down, right? What are the behaviors you want to see in your organization? And what this, you know, founder Baker Mitchell taught me, right? He didn't do it like directly, I guess indirectly, right? Or it was, you know, part of the was that if you praise the if you praise the behaviors you desire to see, you'll get more of them. Doesn't that make sense, everybody? Give me a yes in the chat box if that makes sense, right? So if I can define what I want to see in my workplace, and if I point out when I see it, and I make a big deal about it, I'm going to get more of it. Now, look, you've all been in a classroom where you praised one or two kids about how they were quiet and, you know, sitting with their hands folded or, you know, standing. What happens to the rest of the line? 90% of the line gets in gear, right? It's about praising the behavior you desire to see. So, so, you know, the authors here talk about define desired behaviors, monitor them, and reward them when they occur through authentic appreciation. Authentic appreciation, right? Through the right attitude coming from the heart. Trying to fake recognition does not work well. It doesn't work well, right? So to excel as a leader, supervisor, manager, director, whatever your role is, it takes a secret ingredient. It's, it's individualization. It's when leaders actively pursue teaching their team how to communicate authentic appreciation in what was you know, designed by the recipient, right? And when you do that, the whole work culture improves. I mean, it makes me think about you know, a couple of years ago, I got to go to the National Charter School Conference, and um, uh, I'm pretty sure his name was Tom, Tom uh, Torkelson. Pretty sure that's right. And he was in charge of the largest charter school district in the entire country. It was the Rio Grande Valley District. I think there was like 60,000 kids. And someone asked him, like, how do you, like, how do you get the best out of everybody? How do you drive this incredible organization? And he said, I spend 60% of my day teaching adults how to lead other adults. Boom, right? It's, it's multiplying leadership through 
values, right? Good values, right? What we appreciate, what we desire to see. So here's the first you know, question I'll throw out at anybody, and you can comment on anything I said or something that really resonated with you in these first, this first chapter. Like, what would this look like in your organization if you were a leader to spend 60% of your day teaching adults how to lead adults, right? How to multiply yourself, how to create vision carriers and vision casters of the culture and the behavior that you desire to see on a daily basis and everybody praising each other and collaborating with each other. What, what would that, what would that look like? So I'd love to either open, open up or drop something in the chat, raise your hand, whatever you feel comfortable with. Thanks Monette. Yeah. Monette says, you know, multiplication through values, right? It's, it's, um, John Maxwell, who, you know, uh, Monette and I both, you know, get to learn under, we're both, you know, uh, mentored under John. He says that a paper bag, a paper bag can't stand alone. And Courtney, you were part of our change, change your world study, right? We talked about this, that a paper bag cannot stand alone. It needs to be filled with good stuff. And he said, people are the same way. You know, if you are a person not filled with values, you're just going to blow away in the wind. And so like, you've got to get clear with what are the values we desire to, to, to share together um, and, to, and to live by uh, while we come in the building each day. Anybody have any good examples or any thoughts in this, these first couple of minutes? Hey, Tom. So I think for me, especially with um, working with high school, where they can be so easily distracted with like jobs or, <laughs> excuse me, other things that are going on, is that I make sure that they understand that I want to see them every morning. Like I want to see them every day and I applaud every time that they show up. And you know, even the ones who, like, for instance, we had one today where he called, he's like, I missed the bus, but I'm getting an Uber because I know you want to see me. And so it's like, awesome. You know that I think it's important that you're here every single day so that we can interact and you can have a great day so I can have a great day. And so I think that that's a key part is sometimes as educators, we can be so overwhelmed with everything that's going on that we miss the part that as much as the kids are excited to possibly see us, we also have to be excited to see them. Yeah, I love that. That's a great example, Courtney. You're right, right? I mean, just, you made me think about when I was in college, uh, Dr. Gina Scala was our uh, professor and um, I was a bartender. And so uh, one night I stayed too late at work. Let's just say that everybody. And I didn't come to class. We had eight o'clock class. And I'll never forget when I showed up the next class and she was calling roll. She said, oh, hey, Tom Miller, we missed you on Wednesday. I was 20, 21, you know, I was like, what? We missed you. I never missed a class again. I, that's 25 years ago almost. I still remember her saying that we, so it doesn't matter what age, Courtney's talking about high school. I just gave it, you know, 
you know, an example, when I was in college, I mean, we, we desire to be known, right? We desire to be appreciated that we're in uh, the space. And so, you know, um, when appreciation misses the mark, and thanks, Courtney, for sharing, when appreciation misses the mark, we tend to communicate an appreciation in the ways that are most meaningful to us, right? We, we tend to speak our own language. And so this is, this is assumptive leadership. And so, uh, you know, John Maxwell shares about the lens principle, right? And the lens principle is that we don't see people who they are. We see people who we are, right? We see them through our lens. And so we think, we believe that everybody wants to be appreciated the way we are appreciated. And that's the wrong way to look at it. It's the exact opposite. You have to get off your own agenda in order to do it. Yeah, Monette's got a great uh, quote here. She said, um, she said, they know, this is the Courtney, they know you care, they need to get to know them so we can appreciate them in their language. And this is why we did interest inventories. You know, like, it's really funny. Like, I just keep on uh, going back to like, everything we did as teachers, for some reason, we stopped doing when we're leading adults. But adults are just older kids. <laughs> They're just grown up kids with more experiences but they still look all the same pieces. Yeah, uh, is, there, is there appreciation language for a test for the staff? Yeah, I believe in the book, there's some links to it, Claude's. Um, I feel like there was, right? Or like he keeps on guiding you to um, maybe back to their, their webpage. I'll look at it. Maybe someone can drop it in the chat if they see it, but I'm pretty sure you can take the assessment and then you could probably buy it for, um, yeah, so on the back of my book, it gives me a complimentary code. So and there's a link to it. So I don't know if you have the book, uh, Claude's. If you don't, I'm happy to give you mine. Uh, but um, in the back of the book, um, there's one. So you do, okay, yeah, look on the back. And it's on the actual back inside cover is where, is where mine is. So yeah, Courtney's shaking her head too, so she must have one. Yeah, so I, I, don't, I didn't take mine yet. Well, that'd be cool. We should all probably take it. Uh, so yeah, so, so appreciate another language. And when team members feel valued, good results will follow, right? Um, so here's one way to check your own leadership, right? Ask your closest team members. And if you're in a lot of our studies or you've been in our programs, like I'll talk about your top, your top 20%. These, it's not necessarily the top 20% like in org chart, but it's the top 20% of your, like the people who have great leadership capacity and people that you're growing ask them right how they feel appreciated at work and then ask them how well do i do to show that to you like can you give me examples back because i might not always know but yeah i mean for a small investment here right i don't know what i paid for this book you know maybe 10 bucks on amazon or something but you know if you got everybody on your team a book and you paid you know 50 to 100 dollars um and and knew how your top you know, people all, all, um, you know, love language or not their love language, but their workplace appreciation, that'd be, that'd be huge. So yeah, so ask them how, what, how do you feel appreciated? They may not be able to answer it on the spot, right? Because remember, 84% of people are process oriented and kind of introverted, right? But they need to think through their response. So maybe give them some time um, and then have them, you know, share to you, right? These are the ways and I really like it when you do this, you know, for me as a leader. Um, and then, and then another question you could ask them if you're really gutsy is what's it like to sit on the other side of the table from me? 
what's it like to be led by me? You know, what, uh, what, you know, I know, you know, what my weaknesses are. So, you know, tell me what they are and, and, you know, so I can start to work on them. Um, right. That's just another way to build, you know, bond and, and appreciation um, with, you know, with the people that you lead. So um, April Jones is a great uh, part of it. She said one phrase that stood out in the first chapter was the single highest driver of engagement is whether or not workers feel their managers are genuinely interested in their well-being. Yeah. Hey, do you care about me? Do you honestly care? Like, how do I know that you care? I'm a first year EC uh, special education director and not the best at being personal. I've been working on getting to know each teacher and reaching out. Yeah, when they've been gone. Yeah, that's huge, right? To send them a text, hey, thinking about you today, or I checked, checked on your class and, and they were missing on you. And, you know, I mean, we're all people first. It's not product first, it's people first. It's, it's people, process, then product. Because you can't, you can't have a successful organization without the people. Yeah, good job, Courtney. Thanks, April. Yeah. So here's some misconceptions about appreciation. Um, you know, the primary goal of appreciation is to make employees feel good, right? But you can't make someone feel happy, right? So don't try to make them feel happy. There's a big difference between appreciation and happy. You know, that's, it's an inside job either way, right? Um, and certain types of people are more, you know, receptive um, than others. And, and so really understanding and defining what engagement is, because that's what it really, really comes down to. It's employee engagement. And so, you know, again, going back to some data in here, um, you know, the authors talk about that, uh, you know, Gallup poll that says that 81% of people say that they're motivated to work harder when their boss shows their appreciation for their work. And we'll learn some really interesting ways throughout the book on how, how to appreciate others, how not to appreciate others, right? Um, and uh, such some key parts, right, about how we, we sometimes put, you know, people out on a pedestal who don't want to be, <laughs> but we think that's the way to appreciate them. So we're actually like, diminishing the appreciation that we're trying to give them man. you know it's intrinsic over extrinsic we have to think about how people feel like do i want to come to work today i never forget um there's this author his name's uh, stan phelps uh, he's local here in the uh, raleigh dorm area and he has this group of books and they're all about, you know, customer satisfaction, customer appreciation and organizational health. And they're all uh, have a goldfish in the title. So pink goldfish and green, green uh, goldfish. And I heard him speak once and he said, he said, if you're not worried about the intellectual property and the intellectual development that leaves your building every single day, you should not be in that leader seat. <laughs> every single day employees are leaving your workplace either thinking how do i get out of here or i can't wait to come back tomorrow such a key part it's wednesday maybe a lot of you had staff meetings right that normal recurring wednesday staff meeting how many of you made sure the last five minutes that you encouraged your people or you excited your people to, you know, to come back to work tomorrow, <laughs> right? I always try to think about that. 
the last five minutes of my meeting, what do I want, right? I want them to feel encouraged. I want them to feel appreciated. I want them to be excited about coming to work the next day. And I remember the first time that I put that into practice, the testing coordinator of our school said, oh, wait, Dr. Miller, hold on, I got one more announcement. And then they just totally deflated the energy in the room. And so it was at that point on, right? I, I you know, I, I have a giant ego, but I was like, look, nobody speaks after me because <laughs> there is intentionality, right? So it's your job to leave people feeling really good about coming to work the next day. Because over a million people in that, you know, survey, like, you know, the definition of engagement is this emotional commitment. This this commitment to the organization's goals, to the organization's mission, to the organization's core values. Employee, engaged employees average less than 20, you know, they average less, right? 27% less missed workdays. I can guarantee you right now, you could look at your, you know, a lot of you probably gave a lot of extra PTO because of COVID and everything, right? There's probably people who haven't taken a day yet. And then there's some people that are way over their time. There's less turnover in, or, in organizations with higher engagement. There's fewer accidents. 62% more likely to have an accident in a less engaged workplace. 62%. What are people doing? Right? There's higher customer rating scales, 12% more productivity. The top 25% of, or, of organizations polled have 18% more productivity, greater profit, greater appreciation. It's all linked to engagement. It's all linked to engagement. Remember that engagement, write this down, is the emotional commitment the employee has to the organization and the organization's goals, et cetera. Yeah. And Monette, you know, brings up a great point in the chat, right? How, how many teachers are exiting schools? I mean, the, you know, um, a couple of the schools I've, I've, I've been working in, right? Uh, you know, are, it's over 40% the turnover, 40%. Imagine losing 40% of your staff midway through the year and trying to replace them with who? Who's, who's coming? Someone who left another organization right? Or who hasn't been in teaching. And, and it's a really hard world, right? But if you, then you meet a, a school that hasn't lost anybody. And you're like, how's that possible? And what, and what we have to do is we have to stop, we have to stop um, admiring successful organizations. And we need to start to study them. What is it that they do that I'm not doing? Clearly, they're doing something that I don't know how to do. How come that school gets all, all the best applicants? What is it about them? There's something they're doing. Results leave clues. Right? Results leave clues. So with greater praise, the greater the productivity, pro productivities, right? Greater praise, right? 
praise is going to be defined and precise, <laughs> specifically tell people what they're doing well, right? It's a defined, what we're trying to, trying to, you know, uh, you know, the behavior we're trying to see. That's going to lead to greater productivity, which is going to lead to a greater customer experience. I mean, think about it. How you treat your employees is how your employees are going to treat the kids. And then the kids are going to go home and tell their parents. And then you as the principal on the back end, you're you know, getting a message about how a teacher lashed out at your, at your kid today. You have to ask yourself, what role did I have in that problem? People with more feedback feel that they're, that they're compensated accordingly, right? <laughs> Give them what they need. People crave feedback, right? And praise is meant to help two people feel good. It's not about more money, even though 89% of managers polled believe that employees leave for more money. But the facts are 12, only 12% 12 leave for more money, 88% feel not valued or there's no trust in the relationship. People don't quit organizations. People quit people. Monetary rewards are less motivating. And I'm thinking about here in North Carolina, I, you know, it's nice. It's nice that the state has given, I don't know, uh, it's got to be somewhere between $2,200 and $2,700, I think, to, you know, teachers over the last year or so, right, for their, for their loyalty. And as Monette shared in the chat, it, it's not stopping, you know, teachers from leaving. It's not financial. No way, right? It's how they feel that they're treated regardless of where the money's coming from, right? Could, you know, from, this, from the General Assembly to the state, to the school they work in, the school district, the charter school, it doesn't matter, private school. It's how I feel. It's how you make me feel. And this was some, you know, I hope my writing's correct, but it was something like, you know, uh, how much billions of dollars a year are lost through company incentives, billions. Billions. When, it, when employee engagement is, is three times the motivator and, and millennials don't care about money. It's their least factor. Millennials want collaboration, right? We learned a lot about the millennials in this book too. Um, employee turnover is the ultimate result of not feeling valued. And the cost of turnover annually per year is $5 trillion across the world. $5 trillion with a T. The cost of replacing a mid-level employee is 30 to 50% of their salary. The cost of, of uh, turnover an entry-level employee, so, you know, a teacher, um, that's 150% of their salary. A mid-level employee, or, or I'm sorry, a um, high-level employee, like, you know, principals and administrators, 400% of their, of their salary. And you're like, well, how can that be? Well, I'll tell you how it can be. I'm sitting in one, you know, right now, the entire administrative team, 
is lost. I've been the head of five different charter schools in the last two years, all with high level turnover. And it's time, it's reputation, it's credibility, it's knowledge, it's understanding about where the school's going. It's, it's, I mean, God, if you're here in, you know, North Carolina, you understand what I'm about to say, trying to get back into power school and home base and all these logins and things, it's impossible. Like you spend hours on a helpline. That's the cost. Seventy-nine percent of employee loss is due to a lack of appreciation. Sixty per sixty percent said that they they would quit if they felt unappreciated, and thirty-one uh, percent of companies um, who provide ample employee appreciation, according to that poll, have a lower quitting rate. So basically, this book, right, could be your Bible. Retaining quality employees, right. You should write this down, right? So, you know, when people ask me, hey, Tom, what's the most important thing I should be doing as a leader? Well, this needs to be in your top three. Retaining quality employees should be the most important task of the leader or the human resource department, right? Whoever is responsible for it. And I'll, it's the leader, but retaining quality employees should be the most important task. And traditional employee recognition, it's, it's just not working, right? Only 6% of employees noted that tangible gifts are the way that they want to be shown, shown appreciation, right? So tangible gifts are lunches, maybe a day off here and there, you know, monetary rewards, T-shirts, jeans day, right? As a leader, you have to find out how your people want to be appreciated. Now, 51% of managers believe they do a good job with you know, showing appreciation, right? But only 17% of employees said that their managers gave good feedback. <laughs> and 74% said that their managers rarely show any um, appreciation at all, right? So half, half, of it, half of employees think, or half of managers think that they're, they're, they're doing a great job. 70% of employees think that we stink at our job. <laughs> Look at your next staff meeting and think about that, right? For every 10 that people, uh, uh, you know, standing around seven of them think you suck. That's reality, right? That's leadership right there. That's it. Yep. And your job, your job as leader, you know, I learned this from um, uh, Carly Fiorina. She, she ran for president a couple of years ago. And so she said that, uh, she said, like, look, 25% of your, you know, top people, like, they'll follow you anywhere. And 25% of the people are, will be totally against you. It doesn't matter what. And then the 50% in the middle, they just, they're not really sure. Your job as a leader is to keep that 50% away from that bottom 25. <laughs> you want as much as possible. So what you're doing to appreciate that top 25, how do you trickle that down into that next, you know, 50% is really important. And so, so, you know, re remember what I shared about what Tom Torkelson said. He said, he said that I spend 60% of my day teaching adults how to lead other adults. Well, what does that look like? Well, it starts right here, okay? In this book, 
when team members learn how to begin to communicate authentic appreciation, when team members learn how to begin to com communicate authentic appreciation. So what might that look like? And I was thinking, I was like, well, what does that look like, right? When I was, again, going back to that school, you know, charter day school, and I was doing my dissertation and I was traveling around to schools across, you know, the state, these highly um, effective schools, I started to pull these ideas and understand their relationships was really the key to leadership. So when I came back to my school, we uh, created this uh, program that, that they still do, which is awesome. This is in 2010 and 11, we did it. So it's, you know, 12 years old. It's called standing ovations. And so during standing ovations is a time where I would bring a middle school you know, grade level into our multi-purpose room. And we would, we would practice saying out loud gratitude statements to other kids, right? So it started kid to kid. Well, first, first it was modeled by adults, right? So adult to adult. So I would tell like a couple teachers things that they did that I saw over the last couple of weeks that I really appreciate them for. And teachers would do it to each other. And then teachers would do it to kids. And then kids would do it to kids. It was, it was a 60 minutes of like just complimenting. And then we had these uh, special cards made up that said, you know, standing ovation. I'll look for an example and I'll send you a picture of it because um, I still use them. And then it was a postcard and the teacher got the right on the back of it what that did. And so each, each adult got the hand one to one of the students. And so this trend like went on for a while and, and it was amazing because what I got to see was all of, the, all of the pushing that I was trying to do as a leader, all the shoving of initiatives, that failed for my first two years as a leader, um, they just organically happened. And it was really because that for the first time, right, team members were learning how to begin to communicate authentic appreciation. I didn't know that, but I know that now looking back, like what was that example? And I guarantee you have an example. I guarantee that you worked in an organization or maybe you're working in one right now that has this authentic appreciation and you're, for the first time, like you're feeling like a team and you're getting really great results and success. Well, you could probably point to the authentic appreciation practices, right? Because the quality of relationships improve, attendance is going to improve, team members are less irritable, there's less conflict, there's, you know, decrease in turnover, you know, you know increase ratings and satisfaction and success. And everybody just really enjoys work, right? And so I, that's what I started to really take from this book, you know, was that, is that, oh, I've done this a couple of times. I can start to see what this feels like. Now, how do I replicate it over and over and over again? So, yeah, Courtney put, you know, some of those, um, you know, stats. He had 90 billion annually. I knew it was a massive $90 billion on incentives. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. So what's your, what's your takeaway, you know, so far, right? So we're, you know, 40 minutes in, we'll go another 15 minutes here, but what are some, what are, what's a good action step that you can take from this, from these, you know, these first 20 pages of the book, you can either put it in the chat box uh, or go ahead and, um, you know, write it out. Uh, I'm sorry, put it in the chat box or go ahead and unmute yourself and share it. What's an action step you can take so far?
Now, while you're writing out your action step here, right, on page 45 of your book, this is the second set of questions. So, you know, maybe this is one of your, you know, one of your action steps might be to take the time and reflect through the, through the questions on page 24 and the questions on page 45. But, you know, you know, they ask, if you're a business manager, organizational leader, think of the employees who have left your organization within the last year. It may be wise to talk to people who worked with them and get a sense of why they left. Right. If you don't do some sort of exit interviews, which is it's a really great you know strategy. I would try to find a third party to maybe do it. You know, somewhere where you can really get the most authentic information. Uh, two, if you're aware of why they left your company, what have you done to address that? Right. It can't always be non-regrettable loss. You know, behind every complaint, there's a little honesty, and it's your job as a leader to root through that. Right. To check the ego. Has your company asked employees to take an employee engagement inventory within the last two years? What were the results? And since feeling appreciated is one of the major factors in employee sense of employee engagement, understand and pay attention to how much your staff feels valued. Yeah, what does feeling appreciated look like here, right? What are some of the things that we do to get there. So good, so, so we get some action steps. So Claude's is gonna retain quality employees should be our top priority, absolutely, right? We should spend every waking moment of every day. Uh, talk to staff and ask how they like to be appreciated and, and start doing it. Yeah, that's good, Nadine. Uh, Lindsay said to ask teachers to give a specific example of when they felt appreciated by me. Awesome, well, good for you. And learn members' true appreciation style, daily reflection, right? And make at least one person feel appreciated each day. Yeah. and. And I love all those. And I think for me too, it's, um, I remember Chris Hogan, you, you know, some of you may have participated in our Live the Lead a couple of years ago. He said, there was three questions to employee retention. It, it's how are you, what are you working on and how can I help? And I remember when I took over a school last year when we were trying to come out of COVID, and I remember like practicing that, how can I help? And I just remember like seeing the looks and the faces of the teachers. They were confused by the question. <laughs> and I was like, no, no, no. Well, you don't have to have an answer now, but listen, when you, I need to know, like, you, you know, what are some ways that I can help you do your job better? Cause that's what we're trying to do, right? We're, we're, we're layers apart from kids. You know, we're multiple levels away, but we want our impact. We want our values, right? Our vision and, and all those, you know, pieces. We want that to, to be instilled in, in the people who work with us so they, so they can carry that down into, um, you know, into the kids. Yeah, one person every day. So here's, so here's some struggles of leaders. Well, you know, you know and, and again, it's, it's books like this and opportunities with this book study is why, you know, my company leaders building leaders, like this is why our main focus is, is to help leaders and colleagues grow into their ability to truly value one another and communicate effectively. I, I mean, being clear with your vision, right? So next week we're doing our, um, you know, uh, uh, difficult conversations, you know, workshop, right? It's such an important you know, webinar, uh, or such an important practice to know how to do. So we're doing it via webinar uh, Monday night. And, um, you know, maybe some of you have already been through it or, or you signed up for it. It's, it's a really important part. Like you've got to learn how to address issues head on. Like if you don't learn how to communicate to difficult adults, like you're going to find yourself avoiding difficult conversations all the time. And you can't appreciate people 
if you're not willing to like root out the discord and to, you know, make sure that everybody feels good and comfortable um, in, you know, in your organization. So, so, right. So, so we need to root out the difficult part, right. But we also need to make sure that we're, that we're learning how to listen and, and appreciate and, um, you know, communicate to people on their, on their agenda. That's a, that's a big part of what our company does. So some of the struggles with the leaders that they note in this book and this, you know, uh, you know, that I've seen is that the leader feels like all, all of the appreciation has to come from me, <laughs> right? So they, they, they shoulder this burden that, oh my gosh, I've got to, you know, you know, you know, you know, I'm the one who has to do all of this. Because, you know, what we'll learn, right? What we'll learn is that the two, and I don't want to, I don't want to give the secret already of the book, but what we'll learn is that the two most important languages of appreciation are quality time, right? And words of affirmation. Yet, most principals I work with, the least amount of time that they spend in the day is with other people, right? When I, if it's my job to help you be better through feedback and spend time with you and uh, collaborate with you and improve you, but we don't get into the classrooms because we're so busy in the work with all the other junk. <laughs> it's mind boggling. So we've got to build an organizational structure that allows us to have a, a more, you know, realistic supervisor ratio. And so I remember about a year ago, it's probably when I first reading this book, I dropped into one of the Facebook groups that, you know, I'm in, like, how many people do you supervise? And it was unbelievable to see that some, you know, principals uh, supervise 30, 50, 80 people. Like, you can't give 80 people the time that they need. It'd be impossible. So a really strong ratio is like 12 to one or 15 to one. I mean, you have to, you have to create this, right? You have to grow leaders at the top so you can help, help them, you know, supervise and evaluate and, you know, uh, support, you know, smaller groups, right? If, if you keep growing the top of your organization, it's going to multiply down. And it's such a, such an important part. So if you're modeling the praise and the appreciation, and you're making sure that every time we show appreciation, we're trying to hit all of the love language or all the languages, that's a, you know, and you teach them how to do it, right? This is a great, you know, book study you could just do with your own team, you know, go through this one with us and then buy a copy for your team. It'd be a great, you know, summer read and, you know, weekly conversation. And again, especially with the, you know, generations, you know, changing millennials desire more feedback and collaboration. It's, it's what they need. I mean, supervisory, you know, employee, uh, you know, relationships are, you know, declining during this, this COVID time, especially. Like we're just, a lot of relationships are really struggling. And employee happiness and satisfaction is, is, is going to be corrected and, and move forward through connections with people. We're in the people business. <laughs> but the power of appreciation from colleagues, right, that peers know and understand, you know, it, it, the other teachers know and understand all the stresses. So if we can teach them how to collaborate effectively, right, don't just tell them to have a PLC, teach them how to do it, model it, right, organize it, you know, define it, create norms, like do the work, do the work. Stop just, you know, putting ideas on paper and having people go at it. 
true happiness is found in connections with people. So put your people in opportunities to connect. There's huge benefits to appreciation. We're gonna end here, right? Lightens the load on supervisors if everybody in the organization is focused on appreciating each other. It supports the younger employees. It gets everybody on board. It builds a relational energy. It, it allows for appreciation to be applied and communicated in a positive way. It's going to impact all aspects of your organization. It's going to keep them engaged. It's going to allow you to empower them to make a difference in their work and, and just increase that overall customer satisfaction because that's what, that's, what, that's what we're doing, right? Think about that. When have you felt appreciated in the organization you worked at? And then you have to think about it, you have to study that. So how can I replicate that here, right? Talk to your people. When do you feel appreciated here? What are some things that we do to make you feel appreciated? When do you not feel appreciated? Cool. Any last thoughts, questions, comments? Yeah, Claude Zimonet, I see you guys chatting here. You're both members of the inner circle too, so I'm happy to um, I'm introduce you to uh, as well. Claude is in the Philippines. So, hey, Claude, it's actually in the morning for you for the first time. Every time Claude is with us, it's usually the evening. So it's really excited to see you on a normal time. Yeah. Awesome. All right, so action steps, right? We've got a couple in the chat box. Don't just read this book, right? annotate it, write the notes, take the time to go through the making it personal questions, right? And then what can I, what will I apply, right? What am I going to apply based upon what I learned? What, what am I going to change in my practice based upon this first two chapters? And what will I teach my team? Okay. What will I teach my team? That's your action step for this week. So hopefully this added value to you. Uh, if you have any questions, thoughts, challenges, please feel reach out. Email me at tom at lbleaders.com. Uh, but until then, I'm Dr. Tom Miller raising your awareness. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Hey, podcast listeners. If there's one thing I know for sure, it's everything rises and falls with leadership. And one of the challenges right now is time. We don't have a lot of time to, to grow ourselves and grow our teams. That's why we created the leadership program, School Leadership Made Real Simple. In the School Leadership Made Real Simple program, it's online, on-demand learning lessons that are built for the everyday principal, teacher leader, school administrator, and they're going to take your team to the next level. So go right now, go to schoolleadershipmaderealsimple.com and find out how you can start to build uh, groups of vision carriers and vision casters into every corridor of your school by developing the leaders around you. Go there now, schoolleadershipmaderealsimple.com. We've got great opportunities for you to get discounts on your team's leadership uh, development today. Thanks.